Welcome back to the Coffeehouse Podcast, episode number six. I am your co-host, David. And I'm Alyssa. Don't forget to like us on all of our social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel and all of our other streaming platforms. Absolutely. We appreciate every single thing we can get. So today we are here with a very special guest. Um, he is not a current industry employee, but he has done a lot for the industry. Uh, Mr. Clint Wood, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Lovely day. It's beautiful outside. It is, yes. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's right. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself for the people who may not know who you are? Sure. Uh, I make my living as a technical writer in the patent industry, which obviously isn't related to cannabis. Uh, early on, when the cannabis industry was in its fledgling stages, I was one of the founding members of a, an organization called SDMCS. And our plan was to partner with the tribe. Uh, we failed to secure investor funding, so all of that kind of fell apart. And then I moved away from the cannabis industry and focused on what I had going on. Uh, and then a few weeks ago, I was asked to be one of the speakers to testify at the hearing for SB1. And uh, we enjoyed great success with that. And as everybody knows, uh, that ultimately got passed into law. Yes. Uh, I was very humbled and honored to have the opportunity to participate in that. So that's, that's kind huge. of just me in a nutshell. Absolutely. So what made you, I mean, obviously you were asked to do, like, to right. be on board, but what made you accept it? Or what were your reasonings behind accepting it? Well, I'm a combat veteran and uh, I have PTSD and I'm, I'm registered as a disabled veteran with the uh, Veterans Administration. So when I heard that uh, PTSD was being considered as one of the qualifying conditions uh, and that there was some, a, a pretty fair amount of resistance to that, I, I felt pretty passionately that I, I might be able to tell my story and maybe sway the hearts and minds of uh, some hardline Republicans who really weren't interested in going that route. And so I, I decided to do what I can to try to, you know, get basically just cross lines and, 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 and try to get some common sense legislation passed for that stuff. Um, regardless of how people might feel about the, the efficacy of cannabis for PTSD, my primary goal was to make sure that veterans who use cannabis are not criminalized. Um, right. That's a big thing for me. Right. Uh, regardless of what the medical science might say, we don't need to be prosecuting veterans for doing what they can to try to deal with the damage done to them by the rigors of combat. Absolutely. So okay. how was some of that experience like dealing with you know, legislature, peer, and all of that? Well, to be quite frank, it was an eye-opening experience for me. Um, obviously, South Dakota is an overwhelmingly Republican state, and, and I expected a tremendous amount of resistance. And to be honest with you, I anticipated vitriol and uh, misinformation. Um, one of the things that struck me most about the testimony was Fred Deutsch. Heard a lot of stories about the man. I'd never personally met him before. I was very impressed, frankly, with his commitment to evidence and data mm -hmm. uh, to make the decision on whether or not to approve SB1. Multiple times during the testimony, he mentioned, we're just legislators, we're not experts. We should rely on experts to try to guide us in the direction that we wanna go. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, so 
that was surprising to me. Uh, once there, myself and, and uh, two other women, we delivered personal testimony on, on the role cannabis played in our journeys through PTSD. Uh, multiple Republicans, after testimony was delivered, mentioned we were really opposed to this, and hearing your stories, you changed our mind. Wow. And it is my understanding that Governor Nome uh, had planned on vetoing that bill outright. She was asked to listen to the testimony, and ultimately that changed her mind. So I'm, I'm just very honored and humbled that I got to play a small role in all that. Well, first of all, thank you for your service as a vet sure. to the country. Absolutely. That's, that's huge. And thank you to your service to the state for changing some people's lives. Like sure. there were people in, that had PTSD, and that could have been their only qualifying condition. Right. And that maybe wasn't met. Uh, or that's the whole thing with right. the VA <laughs> being able to not write cards for people. And they say, yeah, you can, but we're not going to do it for you. That's exactly right. So thank you for that. And I'm sure a lot of other people out there can say the same. Well, that's, that's huge. Well, that's wonderful to hear. Absolutely. So do you want to... Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. So it's kind of ironic that we have this guest here today because something did just come out that everybody knows about. Um, the 605 lawsuit against the Department of Health has appeared on reddit so uh we're gonna talk about that today um huh. we're gonna go through some of the main points the important points i guess that we think are important anyways uh kind of walk you through it and clint here will kind of help us <laughs> help us through some of that uh so unfortunately the recall happened we wish that it didn't happen i don't want to talk about it i wish we didn't have to talk about it but we do because yeah. like that i mean that's just kind of you know what we've taken up um so it sucks but we have to do it so yeah um i seen that too and i definitely dove into it because we had already mentioned it we had already talked about it a little bit before and being a former industry employee and a huge advocate for medical patients like that was some pretty damning information um, I did find out though that this is all public information and if you want a copy of it yourself, uh, you can literally go down to the Lincoln County Courthouse. Yeah, it's the, uh, you gotta go to the Canton County Courthouse and Canton you can County. literally ask for printouts of all of this, it's all public information. So because of the fact that they decided to sue the state, all this became public and after seeing it, you know, I had to get, go to my sources and get it too. <laughs> we dove into it and that's, you know, we're here to talk about it because a lot of people don't know about it and we want to bring that information to you guys because not everybody has read it or would even think to, you know, look into that. And I know everybody's been waiting to hear about it, so. Yes, and I want to point out one thing. I don't want us to become like a watchdog group. So right. I don't want anybody to think that about us at all or the podcast or anything like that. We're we don't want to here. talk about stuff like this. We want to be happy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like this is ridiculous, but again, nobody else is talking about it, so. Yeah. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Have you had a chance to look into it a little bit? Uh, yeah, I know very briefly. You. Um, yeah. you know, I, I've, I've had a chance to look over it briefly. Uh, obviously, it's, there's a lot of work, you know, talk on the street about everything that's, that's happening right now. And um, I think it's good that it's a matter of public record now. Yep. And, and the general public can be informed about yep. what's going on, what the allegations are. Uh, what the body of evidence that the state might have to, you know, uh, try this in a court of law. So mm -hmm. I think this is going to be a positive thing for the industry. 
Yeah, I think everybody, transparency is huge. Really So is. I yeah. think that's the biggest part of this, and that's literally right. the only reason why we're doing this is to keep transparency and keep everybody honest, honestly, right. at the end of the day, right. because... Yeah, and it, well, I think part of the issue with this whole situation is just how closed off it's been mm -hmm. to the public. People are super curious, and they want to know what's going on, right. obviously, and they, they have no idea. They released that statement like yeah. a month ago saying, if you have any questions, ask our lawyer. Well... Yeah. We yeah. have questions, but yeah. we have some questions, but I guess now we have the answers. <laughs> so we know that there was a total of like 19 violations. Obviously, we're not going to talk about all 19 because we just don't have the time. And, you know, some of them can kind of be lumped together. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to kind of talk about the most important ones and like, kind of ask some questions of like, how did this happen? So the first uh, allegation, so would be, Findings number one through four are dealing with health and safety or unsafe conditions. Uh, so the first finding is uh, the failure to test cannabis intended for consumption prior to transfer for retail sale, um, <clears throat> which basically is like bringing in product from out of state. Yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be out of state, but yeah, that's that's the word on the street. But at the end of the day, if you make products, they they weren't selling straight flour other than in like the little prepackaged chillums, right? So um, if you make a product out of flour or raw flour, you have to test that raw flour first and then test it after you make it into the product, whether it's gummies or concentrate or literally whatever else you make it into, then that product has to be tested because there are things added to or taken away or whatever. So it has to be tested before you make that product. And according to this, it's saying that some of the cannabis was not tested um, before it was turned into something else. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> pause. I read that wrong. Okay. So finding one, it says record review of metric for 605 cannabis identified products are created from raw plant material distillate that was entered during the immaculate conception time frame which is in Appendix B, which just mm. tells us basically like the time frames, the dates when they were added into metric, um, and then has a bunch of examples in it. We'll link to all that stuff on our website. So basically under this, it's saying that they brought in about 205 pounds of flour and 70 pounds of distillate yep. um, that was not tested prior to being put in, into metric, which means that it wasn't tested prior to being made into anything right and it got brought in as distillate uh, and then i think later on in here it literally says that no other company had made any extracts or through metric the state tracking system there was nothing on there that any other company in the state had been able to make that material to sell to them so right. correct so basically they were starting out with product and we don't know where it came from sure so um, let's dive into that a little bit before we continue. But I, I, do you have any, I mean, what, reading that, what would be, because that, that's damning. Well, like, that's a serious allegation for sure. Uh, it's difficult to speculate on what that may or may not mean. Right. Uh, the lay person would naturally assume they brought it in from somewhere else. Obviously, nobody knows if that's what actually happened. Uh, but I think that's a reasonable conclusion for the average person to, to reach. 
clearly this needs to be tried in a court of law and it needs to be based on rigorous evidence, but it's a serious allegation. And uh, fortunately, it's the, the light of the legal system has been shown on it. Uh, and I'm sure that at some point we'll all know exactly what did happen. Uh, it's, I hope so. If that's the case, uh, if there's a possibility they may have violated federal laws if these allegations are true. It's again, it's challenging to speculate on, right. on what may or may not have happened, but it's a very serious allegation. Yeah, I mean, that was the top of the list, and I read that, and I was just taken back. Like, I immediately yeah. was like, is this real? Yeah, and I literally was like, holy shit. <laughs> it <laughs> oh is, <laughs> it is. Like, if this is real, and the, like, you know, the lawsuit and everything, they go back and they find out that this is accurate, like, that's... I mean, it's pretty, two, pretty bad. You got to think, <laughs> 200 rough. pounds of flour and 70 pounds of distillate. That is insane. It takes anywhere from 10 to 15 pounds of shake and trim to make a liter of distillate, of Cat 3 distillate. Like, right. that's asinine. And you have 70 pounds of it. And not only that, but finding number two is just as bad. Uh, the addition of Delta 8 to Ooh. some of their products. Right. And it literally, later on, uh, page nine of the finding of the emergency order has a bunch of, oops, sorry, not. Uh, it, that's the part that uh, has the Delta-8 and the THC. Yeah, so essentially what this chunk, what page is it again? Page nine page of nine. the inspection report. Of the inspection report, okay. So they essentially were adding, so 605 was essentially adding the Delta eight percentage to the THC percentage. And then they were putting that on the label as the THC percentage. So they were like adding the two numbers together and saying that was the THC percentage. On now, some of them, they were as high different. as 34%. Um, wow. For the Berry White vape cartridge, Delta eight, 34.949%, THC 51.591%. And they incorrectly added the THC and Delta 8 together, putting the total THC at 86.5399. Should have been 51.591. There was a hundred, or sorry, 1,005 cartridges under that tag number, and it goes and, on and on and on. Yeah, there's a whole list, and we'll link to that whole that whole entire list. Um, I mean, personally, ethically, that just feels kind of thousands, bad. <laughs> thousands of cartridges. It, that it certainly have, doesn't look good. Yeah. No. Yeah. If that's true, right. I hope that they make it right. Now, Absolutely. however yeah. that may be, um, will be determined at a later date. But if these allegations are true, man, they owe, at the very least, the patients of South Dakota, like, a very sincere apology. Because well, that's, that's absolutely right. And frankly, as a veteran, uh, after delivering testimony and getting PTSD added, Frankly, it, if these allegations are true, it's a bit of an insult mm -hmm. to me personally as a veteran. I hope it's not true. Uh, I hope that perhaps we find there was a mistake made of some kind. Right. If not, um, I take it as a personal affront. Yeah, I mean, people are literally putting their lives on the line and if, like in fear of being doxxed or whatever the case may be. Sure. If you sit there and go and you spend all the time and effort to be an advocate for this and then you have people potentially breaking laws to just try to fill their pockets. That's absolutely right. Because, that, I mean, that's what this seems like. It seems like they was used as a, a way to make extra money because cannabis is expensive and they wanted to be the first ones to have the concentrate stuff. And two, 
like you wanted to make more than what you actually had so available with the cannabis. So you're adding fillers into it sure. to make more product and to make more cartridges, right. gummies, whatever. Right. Like that's, come on. Uh, it's not about who did it first. It's about who does it right. And again, like you can't, this is medical. It's not recreational. Right. Not that it would right. make it any better, but it makes it a lot fucking worse. Sorry, YouTube. That, <laughs> right. that, I mean, I, it does that it, this is medical. People have to go to a doctor to get a card right? and right. they can't even read the actual ingredients on the package and have it be correct. Well, that's like, absolutely right. If you want to put the Delta eight in there, at least fucking tell us like, right. And, it, and it's, it's difficult to predict how someone struggling with PTSD might respond to that level of Delta H. You know, yep. it, it's, there's no way of knowing. So again, uh, it's very alarming to me as a veteran, uh, and I don't mean to imply only veterans right. struggle with PTSD, but this is, this is a very uh, sensitive topic for me. And, and again, as I mentioned, I, if these allegations are true, it is a personal affront to me. And I think it's important that we point out that like Delta eight does not have to be tested. Like Delta eight CBD, none of that stuff is FDA regulated or department of health. It's not regulated whatsoever. So Delta eight, like could be anything like there could be literally anything in there. Like there's no testing requirements. So that's right. part of like why the state is upset at them. Right. Because they're adding an untested product into you know, a possibly tested product, I suppose, as a filler. Right. So, uh, okay, so then moving on, then we see uh, finding number four was, oh, the remediation. Um, so failing to remediate a non-usable batch of cannabis, failure to follow operating procedures, and failure to have functioning security camera cameras, uh, Failure to remediate or destroy product that did not pass testing. No metric record indicated indicated the product was to be destroyed. Cameras not operational, and therefore the Department of Health could not see the product the process taking place. Of the destruction of the product. Yes, of the destruction of the product. And let's like in case anybody doesn't know what remediation is, it's basically like when cannabis does not pass testing, then it can go through this process that like cleans it up essentially. One shot to try to you know get the moisture out, or to, if it passes for mold because there's too much moisture in it, or whatever the case may be, you have one shot at remediation. And again, allegations are saying that it wasn't done properly. Right. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, so basically it's just it's saying that like, they had product that did not test or did not pass mm -hmm. and then it also was not remediated and then it was not destroyed. Yeah. And then their camera system did not capture any of that happening. So hypothetically, I'm not saying this is what happened, but again, being a former industry employee, you the state requires you to destroy any cannabis that eat, as simple as falls on the floor. So sure. in a dispensary aspect, if I if it's like deli style, or even in the back if you're prepackaging the flour, if I drop a nug on the ground, I can't and put it in a bag. Like you, you have to destroy it, and it has to be destroyed with a 50% mixture of. There was a couple options, but I know two of them were coffee grounds and kitty litter. In a blender, you have to grind it up, and it has to be done on camera. It was not done on camera, according to this. Allegedly, right? According right. to this. Yep. So, again, like why uh, is my question you know it, it, it's a serious question why? why why would that happen 
Okay. Yeah. Well, in the camera thing, especially, I mean, we'll get kind of more into the camera thing, like down the line here, but you know, every cultivator or manufacturer that I mean, I've talked to probably that you've talked mm -hmm. to thus far has, you know, when they were getting started, they were all freaking out about getting the right camera systems mm. up and rolling and all sure. of that. Cause they thought that was going to be the first thing that the state like was freaking out about. So to, you know, see these allegations that the camera systems weren't, you know, like monitoring the correct stuff, you know, that's concerning it, because what else could they have been doing, right? Well, and that would seem to imply they would have known for some time that they weren't in compliance, mm -hmm. given that you mentioned security cameras are one of the first things that industry people would want to try to get right. Yep. Uh, this seems to suggest, again, it's an allegation, that they knowingly were operating outside of the law for a significant amount of time. I mean, even if I had, like, let's just go with the 740 or whatever, so 700 pounds of flour and 90 pounds of distillate or whatever it was, if I had that legally, I would want every square inch of that building covered in case mm -hmm. anything were to happen. One would assume. Right. Like, I have cameras in my apartment and I don't have anywhere near that amount of product, <laughs> money, nothing, mm -hmm. just because I'm a stickler. You know, like, right. there's no way that I would run, run any business without having camera coverage. And if you are a license holder in the medical cannabis industry, whether it's <coughs> cultivation, manufacturing, or dispensary, you have to give the state and the health department access to your cameras. And so they can log in and look or whatever that, you know, sure. without having to go on site. Well, or there needs to be a computer on site that has all of the camera systems on it. Yep. And I believe that was one of the issues with the allegations was that um, they have this, they had the system on somebody's cell phone. Uh, phone yeah. Right. Yeah. Phone. yeah. That was kind of one of the issues there. Um, At one point it also said that they couldn't access it even from the phone too. Yeah. And so. they had some issues accessing it from the phone too. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And it's, it's possible from a legal standpoint, a smartphone yep. may qualify as a computer. That's something of a gray area. Uh, I, I, I suppose it, it's at least good that it was monitored electronically in some fashion. Right. Uh, whether or not that stands up in court remains to be seen. Right. Yeah. And I mean, basically the next like couple findings basically just have to do with like the Delta A being found in packages um, and then basically just not complying with record keeping and inventory and all of that stuff. Um, so like one thing with like 605, right, they are um, a cultivator and a, manufa and a manufacturer, mm -hmm. right? So using metric is a little bit trickier for you know companies who are vertically integrated or who Two have multiple licenses, licenses right. because they do have to like you know basically check it out and then check it in right sell it to themselves so that process is kind of ridiculous or excessive maybe for some of those companies but it basically says that you know they just didn't do it or you know this basically alleges that they just kind of didn't do most of the steps a good chunk of the time mm -hmm. right. so I mean. Ugh. Well, that's just bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really hope that none of this is true, um, being that they are the biggest, you know, cultivation um, and our biggest manufacturers in the state. Like, I, I really hope that it isn't true. So that way, if people do have this at, still at home and they're waiting to find sure. further information right. for stuff that they've paid for. That's right. Like spent right. their hard earned. Times are tough right now. And people yes, rely are. on this because, like, I know myself, like, even after my back surgeries, I don't take any pain pills, not even Tylenol. 
So like I need my medical cannabis sure. and sure. I know that there are people who need the same thing and can't smoke or don't like flour or live right. in an apartment and can't smoke flour sure. or sure. whatever the case may be. And like the gummies and the carts were a good alternative for them. You bet. And now they're sitting on a shelf at their house. Like, damn, what happens if I smoke that? Like, or what happens if I eat these gummies? Sure. Am I going to have an allergic You don't know. You don't know. Right. Because you don't even know what's in the thing. It's not even on the package correctly. Allegedly. Yeah. (laughs) I think no matter what, I think that there's going to be some serious reputation Mm -hmm. uh, impacts after this. I mean, whether or not 605 does survive all of this, um, I think that they're probably going to have to do quite a bit to kind of gain the trust back of the consumer. It, it seems like it's a, a significant uphill battle for them at this point. Uh, again, if, the, if these allegations are proven to be true, it's challenging to imagine what they might look like as an entity after, after the dust settles, so to speak. Well, and actually going back to the kind of the money thing, like, you know, the dispensaries too, you know, same thing, right? They were ordered to, you know, collect product back, right? Well, since then, they haven't been able to do anything with it. It's just sitting, you know, in their storeroom, like as dead inventory. So what's going to happen with that? You know, like, should they be financially compensated? I mean, personally, I think yes, but I don't know how that process works. I mean... I have no idea how that process should work. Yeah, I mean, this might be my opinion. I mean, this is my opinion, and I could be far-fetched off here, but if I do something that causes people harm financially, even if this stuff isn't true, the recall happened. People have the product on the dispensary. Mm -hmm. Even if it's 100% safe, whatever, the state recalled it. Or Badlands um, voluntarily recalled it after the state shut it down. But even if this stuff is safe, it could have expired by now. Sure. It's sitting on the shelves of the dispensaries and the dispensaries paid for this product already up front to get the product. And some customers have this product at home. Mm -hmm. Every single penny needs to be repaid. Like one would think that's not fair for people to just chalk it up as a loss because, oh, we messed up. Or even if the state messed up, if the state, if all these allegations are false and none of it's true and the stuff is safe, I still think somebody down the line, somebody somewhere down the line should be responsible for at least a partial compensation or like of some sort. That seems reasonable. Apology. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Like, what do you, what do you think? I I think everything you said is reasonable. I I clearly there's some measure of financial harm that can be demonstrated. Whether or not that's meaningful in a court of law is, is difficult to say, but at the very least, uh, you know, South Dakotans, you know, we, we like to think of ourselves as salt-of-the-earth honest people. As a South Dakotan, I would want to try to make things right. Yeah. I mean, they're suing the state for $1.3 so yeah, they're, they're trying to get their money back from their right. losses. Sure. So why shouldn't the dispensary Well, that would, yeah, it, it goes both ways. It's a Absolutely. two-way street in that respect. Right. And, you know, Everything that we've seen like on the news, I mean, there really hasn't been much, but the couple of stories that we have seen have kind of painted 605 in a positive light. Like, you know, I mean, sure. this, the last story that I saw, you know, that came out was that 605 is suing the Department of Health, right? And it kind of makes 605 look like the good guy They've and the Department wrong. of Health look like sure. the bad guy. And I'm sure. not saying that, you know, we don't have all the facts we don't know yet, right? So, like, I don't know one way or the other, but, like... If all of this is true, 
then like yeah, like this news has totally failed, you know, at like capturing any of this or digging into it or doing any right, of that type right. of thing. And, and fortunately for all of us, it's now a matter of public record. Yeah, so huge. we can find out the truth for ourselves. Right. Man. And, you know, one of the biggest or I guess one of the things that maybe I think is the funniest about uh, the lawsuit or, you know, the allegations, like the one thing that they did comment on was like, that there was a blizzard the day of the mm. inspection, right? right? And South here's the thing, mm. if any of these things are correct, right. it doesn't matter if there was a blizzard or not. Well, the, the inspectors made it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly, you know, I mean, they made it there. I and even, even if they that. were half staffed or whatever, right. like clearly these things were going on for a very long time prior to that inspection, if they are proven to be true. So whether or not there was a blizzard, like. In my opinion, like that's just, that's just bullshit. That's just a bullshit thing to say. Well, it really is, especially as, as a South Dakotan. We're not afraid to drive in the snow. If you are, leave. Yeah. You don't belong here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my boss expects me to come to work unless exactly I am right. like frozen in my house that's and my exactly door won't right. open. Like, yeah. come on. Exactly. I, know, I know they're a little out there and it's not in Sioux Falls, so it might be sure. a little different because the county roads and whatever else. But like you just said, and I don't know how I didn't think of this before, the inspectors made it. And I'm 99% sure that they come from West River. So Yeah, I'm sure they had a significant drive. They seem to have no trouble getting on site. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like that that one's like a sticky one for me. So I'm just right. like, what? I drive a Corolla and I've never been stuck <laughs> yet. So <laughs> everybody else should be all right. I mean, I think another thing, too, that people really, really, really need to understand, and unless you are an industry employee or former industry employee and understand how, like, metric works, so all the companies are on metric, and they can all, you know, if the state decides to do research, they could see at what point the very first company came up with cannabis concentrate, mm -hmm. who were the first person to harvest was. Sure. Like, they have the date, the amount, the batch okay. number the test it's, results it's rigorously tracked yes yeah. it's all on there and the fact that the day that metric opened they brought in 90 pounds 92 pounds approximately that's, of distillate that's highly irregular without anybody else producing any concentrate whatsoever right. and not even that amount it's not even like there was thousands of pounds of flour put into metric that same day where they possibly <laughs> it could have just been a delayed thing right to where metric opened and that was their day that they Right. Caught everything up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of, that's where that like area is, right? Because it's like, okay, you guys had all of this, right? But where did, where did the product come from that you yeah. made that? Because there was no entries. Ab like, absolutely. You know, yeah. adding up to that, which is like. That, that's a, a very, and I, I suspect that will end up being a very critical piece of evidence. Yeah. Uh, it certainly doesn't look good. It, it's a, like, like we've been saying, it's a serious allegation. I think everything on here is pretty damn serious. <laughs> and the fact, like, when I was at a dispensary and the inspector came, I was worried about, like, small things, like not having an employee. Literally, the one thing that I got told that I needed to have was a sign on the bathroom door that says, employees must wash hands. <laughs> Other, like, I, I was worried about camera access to make sure every angle was covered. And, sure. like, I was freaking out. But then they came and everything was fine without me actually, like having to go down to every meticulous detail to make sure that we were following suit. Obviously I was making sure that we were good, but like right. when you have a 
uh, cultivation and manufacturing, you're, the, the, the rules are a little different about how you have to keep things you know, sure. separate. You have to keep in separate buildings and locked entrances. And, and obviously you have more square footage and more things and more employees and all that stuff. So maybe it could be a clerical error for a sure. lot of this stuff. Certainly could be. Yeah. I hope so as a right. patient right. and an advocate. But I mean, the state <laughs> has done their part in this so far and reading this stuff, man, I don't think they would do it for nothing. So. Right. Well, right. And all of the test results that are in the complaint are from the state test lab. Like they're not sure. from- Crime lab. Like, oh yeah, it's from the crime lab, yeah. Like it's not from the normal like lab, right? So right. we know that the state did take these products and test them. Right, we can themselves. assume it's reliable data. Right, exactly. Right. I mean, if it's coming from the state, I would hope so. Right. Exactly. That's wild. I just, I keep reading this over and over and over again, hoping that like something will change. <laughs> because like literally right here, okay, importantly, after reviewing metric for 605 cannabis, it was noted that a minimum of 75 different packages of products have been sold with the incorrect THC percentages on them. Of those 75 packages, a minimum of 23 have been sold with Delta 8 added to them. Delta 8 is a hemp-based cannabinoid and is not found in significant qualities in cannabis naturally. 605 Cannabis has been adding Delta 8 to their products, concealing the addition of Delta 8 from public knowledge by omitting it from the label and adding the Delta 8 percentage to the total THC percentage. Allegedly. That's what this says. Right, right. This is not words from David. This is words from the state. That is crazy. It is. That's a good word for it. It's crazy. It, it is challenging to, for me, as just an observer, to wrap my head around why would you even consider doing that that's, if, if this is true? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the whole thing is like, why, like, why, you know, I mean, I think like there's, you know, there's a few different kind of rabbit holes we can go down. Right. Like there's a few different like responsible parties. Right. But like, so one thing that like I personally, like, so I did get to see somebody's test results and like just looking at that like paper, like, I think that the testing facility needs to like step up their game as far as like maybe watermarking sure, the paper, sure. putting batch numbers, that type of thing on it, you know, because like right now it's just a piece of paper right. that right. has the, like the a logo, letterhead. like you could so easily, you know, yeah, like, it, it seems like know, that what those. you mentioned would have made that more difficult if these allegations are true, it would have made it more difficult for them to have pulled it off, so to speak. Right. Right. Because then like when they're delivering product, right. And test results, they'd have to be the correct ones. That's right. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause I can't imagine that a lot of dispensaries would have been, you know, accepting product with these test results. So clearly something yep. was going on there, but we don't know what it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're not sure who's that with the test results. We don't know if they were just swapped or if the lab didn't have, you know, oh, conclusive sure. results or whatever the case may be or the proper equipment. Um, but it, it, it's there. And so hopefully, like we've been saying, it's not true. Hopefully the state can clear this up. Hopefully 605 can clear this up. But I think like you said, that was your, one of your favorite parts. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing is the, <laughs> the fact that two particular people who are highly involved with 605, helped write the laws for the state the, the and are the, the first people to break the law in this way. Like it, you literally helped 
write it in stone what should be right. done and what shouldn't be done and have been advocates for this and everything else. And now if this is true, that all looks well, it looks terrible. Like bullshit. Yeah, it, it's just profoundly disreputable. <laughs> it's it's difficult to put into words. Yeah. I that's why I said I, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say half the time because it's crazy. And we haven't had much time to actually like dig into this. Literally we saw this. I saw it today and we've been going into it and talking since. So I'm sure there's some stuff in there that we can go into further. But sure. For what we know now, man, this is... It's, it, at the very least, it's very surprising. Yeah. At, at, at minimum. Yeah. I mean, especially considering, like, the level of, like, I don't know, that they have kind of their feelers in everything, right? Like, sure. like the people who own 605, obviously, we all know that they are involved in CISD. Right. They're all involved in the Oversight Committee. Mm -hmm. We know that they helped with the laws <laughs> and their advocates <laughs> mm -hmm. and all of that. And it's like, you guys were the first ones to break the rules, you know? Yes, it's it's almost again. If this is true, it's frankly insulting. Mm -hmm. uh, if these allegations are true, it's just really difficult for me to understand what the impetus might have been, given everything that they potentially had to lose. Right. The incredible risk that they appear to have taken is staggering. It's difficult for me to comprehend. Yeah, I mean, because what what would they have to gain? Well, they, exactly. Uh, uh, so, Again, if these allegations are true, I, I can't help but assume it was market share. Mm -hmm. uh, economics is appears to be the motivator, if this is true. Right. I agree. And I mean, it just it feels kind of like a slap in the face. It really does. Everybody, yeah. and, you know, because yep. it's like, you know, they were trying to. Or, they, anyways, they portrayed themselves as setting the industry standard, right? right and being right. above board and fantastic and amazing. And now we find out this and it's like, whoa, like you guys, wow. Like you really right. misrepresented yourselves. And, and given, again, if these allegations are true, given the challenges that adult use has already faced in this state, right. I can't imagine it's going to get any easier. Uh, this is an enormous hurdle. Yeah. And that all of us have to try to surmount somehow now if these allegations are true. Even if they're, you know, if they're not true, nonetheless, the story is out there and yep. it's going to affect public opinion yep. in an already challenging political environment. Yep. And I wonder, like, what they were hoping to gain by suing the Department of Health. Like, it's that one difficult is super to say. It, it's, they just it, wanted us to have the <laughs> it's hard to say uh, it, it, it's difficult one can only speculate Yeah. and going off of what you said with the whole adult use thing even sticking within medical for the moment right now I mean again they were the biggest producer of the cartridges the gummies the Rice Krispies and everything mm -hmm. else now other people are starting to step into that and are facing a lot of scrutiny from patients because absolutely they're hesitant Sure, I just trust got told, has been eroded. Right. I, I trusted this one company, and all of a sudden everything got recalled. Right. And now all these other companies are popping up. Who's to tell me that, you know what I'm saying? Like, That's exactly Not right. to imply that at all, because obviously it's passing testing and everything, but as a consumer, that has to be in the back of your mind. Of course. It, it seems that's a reasonable assumption. Right. So it's hurting those people in a way that wouldn't have been done if these allegations didn't come out. Right. Right. So right. a black smudge on the industry is not just for them. Like it's, like I said, for the industry. It's it, industry wide. Yeah, that's exactly right. And 
I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily a direct correlation. However, like the card counts, if you've noticed over the last couple of months, they've really slowed down, really, really slowed down. You know, I mean, we're at what, like 8,800, mm -hmm. somewhere like around there, you know? We were going like We were at like 8,000 two months ago. So yeah, exactly. Like the card count has decreased a lot. And I don't know if that has anything to do with this or not, but you know, my better judgment tells me that it's very possible that, you know, people are a little bit skeptical now. It's, it's certainly suspicious at the very least. Mm -hmm. This is one of those industries that there are a lot of people, especially being in South Dakota, being mm -hmm. a mostly red and opposed state to this, right. that are trying to shut this down and have been trying to shut this down for a very long time. Sure, sure. And things like this, unfortunately, gives them a little more ammo. Oh, it really does. Yeah. And I want to make this very apparently clear like this is not the industry standard this is not something that should be allowed if these allegations are true then the state will handle it i'm i'm fully confident that right. that's kind of why this is taking a little longer than sure. we would expect sure. and appreciate as patients and consumers and even just you know stand buyers but if this is true like they need to be held accountable if it's not Absolutely. true let's clear it up and get it over right. with but like we're, we got to we have to make it clear that this is not going on anywhere else. If anything, this is proof of concept. This means that it, like, you know, the process works. Yeah, right? sure. You know, sure. I mean, if anything, this means that the program does work because it catches the bad actors and mm -hmm. right. washes them out, right? right. I mean, so if anything, you know, like, proof of concept. <laughs> I totally agree. So, <laughs> so yeah. After all of that, <laughs> wrap it up a little. So obviously, Clint, uh, you've been involved in some legislative stuff mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of other things and pretty smart guy. And you're well, pretty, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but and, I appreciate you, you saying know, that. And you've gone through yeah. some interesting experiences in the industry lately. So you know, what do you see happening like going forward like with this and with the industry just in general? Well, it raises as we've we've mentioned already a lot of different questions um, if these allegations are true where might other forms of corruption lie uh, how many different lines have been crossed by uh, individuals within 605 what roles might they if these allegations are true what other roles might they be playing uh, I, I suspect that there will be tremendous scrutiny on a variety of different areas of the industry, which I think we all agree is good. Mm -hmm. uh, scrutiny is good. I, I, I want to be, I, I'm hesitant to speculate much more beyond that because clearly this needs to be dealt with right. in a rigorous legal process. They deserve a fair trial mm -hmm. like anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, I'm confident they'll get that. We, that remains to be seen. Um, there are other aspects of this industry that, you know, quote unquote word on the street, there's some, some dissatisfaction with. Time will tell uh, what shakes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, we're still playing the waiting game on a lot of it. Well, um, we really are, right. Because again, these are allegations. This is not proven or disproven. That's exactly so right. So yeah. we have to take it with a grain of salt and speak on what is public information. Um, again, you can go get this yourself, $11 or so yeah, at the Canton County Courthouse. Um, so if you want to like dive further into this and want to get the exact information, I mean, there's quite a bit. So feel free to go down there. It's beautiful outside, nice day for a drive. <laughs> <laughs> 
lovely neighbor and try it. <laughs> but in all, in all seriousness, it feels like there's a lot of information being held from the public eye um, and, and the patient's eye right. in a few different aspects. So sure. I think, like she mentioned, you're a very intelligent individual. Well, I um, appreciate that. No, serious, I'm serious. You've done you've done a lot for the state and clear like for the country as well, being a vet. I think we could benefit with you being, you know, more publicly available um, to be able to help. Well, um, there are plans in the works. That's all I'll say at this point. Um, that may come to pass. I, I do really appreciate your advocacy on that in the, on that respect. Um, I think it's important that non-industry people get involved mm -hmm. in the industry uh, simply to keep clean hands at work overall. I agree. Um, so I'll simply leave it at that. Okay, I agree with that. 100%. That's fair. I think we could benefit with a little more clean around. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> keep people a little honest. Level head. <laughs> Yeah, because we need it. The whole industry needs it. The state needs it. Um, right. We need a, a, a non or a, a third party. <laughs> that's what, I mean, honestly, we that's what we're here for. We need more third parties. Yeah, we need more people who aren't in the pockets or on payroll or sure. whatever else of people that are involved because it does, like you said, help keep clean hands right. in the industry and helps keep people honest. Because if you have right. people that have no financial interest in it, then they're probably going to be a little more apt to be honest about it and to one would assume right well i mean even personally so after this recall came out right everybody knows like about the podcasts and you know i work from home so it's a little bit easier for me to talk to people and you know literally i feel like i've been like a dumpster for you know <laughs> people just like giving me information or talking about whatever blah, 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 you know and uh it's only because like we're on the outside, you know, I mean, sure. I, you know, none of the things that I heard, you know, have been mentioned today, obviously, you know, it's all hearsay or whatever, you know, but literally just people calling me like to tell me this or that or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's all because we're on the outside looking in and they right. can, they feel like they can trust us. Yep. And, you know, that's very much appreciated, but we need more things like that, that are, you know, on the outside that are not, you know, financially motivated to go one way or the other sure yeah. sure yeah, if you're interested in helping the industry out and you're not a part of something i mean get a hold of us and we can see what we can do together <laughs> i mean there's a lot of a lot of work to be done and indeed it's going to continue to need to be done obviously right. this is something that right. continues on day by day it's not a we fixed it today and we don't have to worry about it anymore type right. thing so Absolutely. we need more people that are in it for the right reasons to have the right intentions Sure. And want to have this be a successful medical cannabis program like we were promised. Pretty sure somebody <laughs> said we have the best medical cannabis program. Yeah, I've, I've heard that multiple times from multiple different people. So and, uh, <laughs> hoping that we can get there. I am too. I'm confident we can. Yeah. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. And getting the right people. I think it'll go faster with people like you involved. So if you want to run for office or something, you got my vote. <laughs> I don't know if I'm prepared for that level I'll of scrutiny. I'll go door knocking but... for you. Okay, <laughs> okay yeah. <laughs> you guys do all that stuff. <laughs> no, that's funny. I think it would be good, though, man. I mean, 
Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think bringing in more outside people who are not like swayed one way or the other because, you know, they work for this place or that place, that's always good. It's always, right. always, always good to have a third party opinion on everything. Absolutely. All right, Clint. So I don't mean to pry, okay. but I'm a nosy person. <laughs> and I know you said you got some things in the works. So I was just wondering if there's anything that you'd like to share with our wonderful viewers and listeners. Well, um, as I mentioned, plans are in the works. Uh, I don't want to get too specific, but ultimately my goal is to bring some impartiality into the industry. I think it's important for non-industry people to be involved uh, in, in oversight, uh, in the, you know, not, uh, not cultivating, not dispensary. Right. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, it won't be long before more details are available. And I think it's ultimately going to be good for everybody in South Dakota and the and certainly the industry. Good. Well, you heard it here first. Stay tuned because I will be bugging this man to give us the information <laughs> as soon as we're allowed to talk about it because we need it. The state needs it. The medical program needs it. I need it. We all do. Yeah. And if we find out anything further regarding this recall yep. or there's a press release, we will let you guys know ASAP. Yeah, if anybody feels like donating a couple bucks for gas mileage back and forth to Canton to get these documents. <laughs> <laughs> gas is expensive, man. Sure is. But no, in all seriousness, um, we greatly appreciate having you on the show today. Like, Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a real pleasure. You could be outside grilling right now, but yet you're in this well, beautiful Daylight studio. savings, the sun sets an hour later now. Yeah, oh, you're right. We still got to hold another hour, <laughs> We man. still do, right? <laughs> Before we do wrap up, though, I do want to ask, do you have any questions for us? Is there anything that you would like to ask or... Um, us to dig into? No questions, really, but I want to thank you for being so involved and so on top of things and advocating for not only industry members, but just the general public, consumers like me. Um, without you guys, who knows if anybody would have found out what's going on. So thank you. Um, it means a lot. It, it really means a lot that you guys are doing this, and I'm just so proud that I was, you know, allowed to play some small role in all this. Oh yeah, we we need more Clint on the show. <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate you coming on, especially for this Short episode. Notice, man. It's my pleasure. Yeah, especially it's my for pleasure. This we call. He's, yep, I'm coming. Let's go. I definitely wanted your opinion on it, and we got some some good information out there today. We got to talk about it a little bit. Hopefully that clears up some confusion for some people that are sitting at home and have no idea about what's going on. Um, but that wraps it up for episode six. Thank you for tuning into the Coffee House podcast and we cannot wait to see you for the next time. Don't forget to like us on social and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit and that hit little, the bell. little bell. <laughs> Thank you.